What's up, guys? It's Laurence Bradford from the Learn to Code with Me podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. In this episode, I have Becca Rufford. Becca has an awesome story to share. She left college after one year to pursue coding and technology full-time. Becca talks about the reasons why she left college, as well as other things that shaped her professional development. It's a really interesting interview that demonstrates that you don't have to finish college in order to make it in technology. I really like how Becca talks about the role volunteering played, as well as how she landed some of these awesome opportunities. The show notes for this interview are at learntocodewith.me forward slash nine. Enjoy the show. Hey, Becca, thanks so much for being here with me today. Thanks for having me. So I would love if you could just start by introducing yourself quickly, who you are, what you do, and how you got started in tech. Sure. Um, So my name is Becca Rufford. I'm 22 years old, and I've been working in and around tech since I was 17 or 18 or so. Um, My career in tech started in mostly marketing and sales positions, not because I actively chose them, but because I sort of fell into them based on the connections I was making and the mentor that I had. Um, In the last year or so, though, I've started foraying into web design and building custom websites for clients. Um, I found that when I started doing design, hours were flying. And I realized that this is the path that I want to continue on. This is the career that I want to make for myself, not just fall into like I sort of did with sales and marketing. Awesome. So I have to ask, how the heck did you get started when you were 17? When I was 17, I was like hanging out at the mall and I don't know, going to the movies or something. (laughs) (laughs) I was totally hanging out at the mall and going to the movies too. But um, in my spare time, I really needed to get some glitter text on my MySpace page. So (laughs) learning to code all began there for me. Um, The getting actually involved with a job um, was just a freak accident, pretty much. Um, I had an aunt who is pretty involved in the Philly tech scene. She actually works at the Hactory. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, But she was starting to get involved with this brand new organization called Tech Girls that brings free workshop plans to middle school girls um, surrounding like coding or um, hardware, electronics, things of that nature. And um, around this time, I was 17, I was in high school, I was like looking for internships. Uh, my, My aunt's mom started falling ill. So she started taking things off of her plate. And one of the things that she took off her plate was getting involved with Tech Girls. But she decided to sort of say, you know, hey, I have a niece who might be able to step in and work on some of the tasks that I'm working on. Um, Let's make an introduction. So from that point on, I was a member of the Tech Girls team when we were still like three people and a couple months in. And it really all just started from there. I was doing mostly marketing and, and that's I'm still working closely with the founder. Tracy today. I still consider her, you know, a huge, huge, huge role model. Um, She's my mentor. And yeah, that's how I got into tech. Yeah, that's so awesome that, you know, you started so long ago and you're still helping this organization. What? five years later, if you were 17 and 22 now, right? Yeah, five years later. Uh, Yeah, and I know uh, you did go to college for a bit and you're not in school right now, correct? Correct. So could you just explain a little bit like what you went to school for and what you found while you were there? Sure. 
So um, when I was in high school, I was, you know, it was a competitive school. I was top of my class and everything. And, and there was this big sort of bubble of excitement around where everyone was going to school. And there was a lot of pressure. Um, my high school wanted the numbers that 100% of people go on to college. So you had guidance counselors breathing down your neck. I had my parents breathing down my neck. It just felt overwhelming. And it was the summer before I was going to start my freshman year of college, actually at Drexel, where I had formerly accepted. I, I was camping with my family. And in the middle of the woods one day, I was like, you know, I I'm not ready. I don't want to go to school. It makes me sick to my stomach to even think about it. I think I just need a year to breathe. So I took the year off. I took a gap year. And when many of my friends were sort of, you know, getting their dorms and their roommates and like their first year of college under their belt, I decided to just work and buy my first apartment and see if I could live. So this was the it was the year that I learned to pay bills or to to cope with you know being alone. Um, I think that it was an extremely formative experience for me. But somewhere along that line, I you know I'd been hearing from so many people, you got to go back to school. It's it's just something that you have to do. You need that diploma. So. I figured, you know, you can't knock it until you try it, so I'm just going to try it. So I threw in an application to Temple University. I got a really hefty scholarship. I decided to check it out, and I signed up to be a computer science major. The first year went really well. I got great grades. I had a 4.0. I was in the honors college. Um, but that that same sinking feeling of this is this is just not a great fit for me just wouldn't go away. On top of that, I was working three different internships at the time. One of them was with um, Chariot Solutions, where I'm currently working. Um, one of them was with Tech Girls, where I'm still currently working as well. And one of them was with a, a B2B startup, um, kind of a spinoff of Chariot. And while I was working, I was realizing I was learning so much more than sitting in class. I was learning about the marketplace. I was learning how to talk to clients. I was learning, you know, what A-B testing was. Or I mean, these are all things, obviously, you could pick up in a business class. But the fact that I was working in such startup-y environments, you just got your hands dirty with it. I've been working since I was 14. So working feels natural to me. And it also is something that it gets me up. It gets me excited um, I, in a way that school just doesn't. So in my sophomore year of school, I started the first semester. And after that semester, I was like, that's it. You know, that that feeling isn't going away. I'm making good connections working. Um, I think I'm just going to head out the door. So I filed all my my last, you know, my exit papers and everything. And I had never felt better. And I don't think I could have made a better decision for myself. Wow. Yeah. Big, big decision. And what you said about like what you learn in, like you can learn things like A-B testing in school, but I actually think sometimes you can't, there's so much that school doesn't teach you. And I'm again, I didn't study computer science. I was a history major. I went to a liberal arts college. So my kind of real world exposure was really limited. But even from people I talked to who went through computer science degrees, a lot of them don't feel prepared when they get into the quote unquote real world because there's things that they just never learned, like how to work on a team or, you know, doing things on GitHub and, you know, 
pushing commits and branching and forking and working with others. Or um, a great one is like agile methodology. Like I don't know if schools, you know, teach things like that. Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing a bit, but I'm, I have a question. When you left school after you gave it a try, were your uh, parents, were they supportive? Did they still want you to go back and to get a degree? I, yeah, I'm really fortunate to have some, some great parents. Um, I mean, my mom was just sort of like, Becca, like, make up your mind, girl. Like, you know, you weren't going to go to school. You're going to school. You're not going to go to school again. She was like, you know, I'm behind you 100%, whatever you do, but you you got to pick something. <laughs> so I think it was a relief to her that she didn't have to deal with any more FAFSA forms or, you know, the paperwork behind schooling because um, she really helped me with a lot of that. But they were pretty supportive. And it didn't hurt that within a month I had a really great job opportunity extended to me. Um, so I was sort of able to say, hey, mom, hey, dad, it wasn't all a waste, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like you just left college and you're sitting in their basement playing video games and eating dominoes or something like you were out there, <laughs> right? You, you're like out there, you're networking, you're volunteering, you're doing multiple internships and different kinds of jobs. So you're very um, industrious or proactive. And, you know, that's something that I really admire, and especially at such a young age, like at 17. Again, I, I, I was just not even thinking about these kinds of things when I was when I was that age, or at least I don't think I was. Anyhow, so it's really awesome that you were doing that. And okay, so you're studying computer science in college, uh, did really well. Uh, it just wasn't a right fit for you. So then when you left college and you uh, had these other jobs and opportunities, they were all coding related, right? Kind of, sort of. So what actually happened was I continued on with Tech Girls where I was doing marketing and graphic design and those things. Um, but it was a month after that I was working at Chariot Solutions. And again, I think I mentioned that I was there in a marketing capacity. But um, the the CEO actually called me into his office and he sat me down and he said, you know, look, you've been you've been doing great work for us. And I do want to tell you that when I was young and starting out, people opened doors for me. So I want to pay that forward and open a door for you at Chariot. So how would you like working here, doing marketing tasks for about half the week, and then the other half of the week or so, we're going to have you working under our developers, learning any programming language that you would like to learn and working on you know, small projects. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that is the, <laughs> that sounds great. I'm, I'm in. Um, so we decided I would start with JavaScript and um, I've been working under my mentor at Chariot. We're still, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff to do around marketing still, but I still find time in my week to sit down with him and, you know, putz our way through some JavaScript. So I, I actually got really, really lucky yeah, wow. So it's like you you already had, I think, some computer science fundamentals from the courses that you took at uh, Temple, or at least I would imagine so. But then you got to sort of keep learning through doing at your job at Chariot Solutions, and you got paid to learn pretty much, it sounds like. Exactly. That is exactly the deal they worked out. And it's great, too. I mean, Chariot one of the one of the biggest you know staples of the company is that we are lifelong learners and we're teachers and the offer that you know mike extended to me just really epitomized that i thought for chariot they're really good folks over there yeah nice nice so 
Okay, so let's just kind of fast forward today. What are you doing now? It sounds like you're still at Chariot and you're still doing stuff for tech girls. Uh, what else is on your plate? Oh, man, I, I like to call myself the et cetera girl. I sort of just take whatever anyone throws at me. Um, so I have a website in the work, actually. Tech Girls is doing a redesign. Um, we've been growing and expanding so quickly that our old website just wasn't keeping up. And I was the one that sort of had to deal with the pains of that. So I was like, hey, Tracy, how about this? Like, this is going to be a good chance for me to learn and you'll get a website out of it. So I decided to take on that total redesign and that's going to be launching next weekend or the weekend after. So keep your eyes peeled. I'm really Ooh, excited. Nice. nice. And um, at Chariot right now, it's conference season. So it's it's mostly just a lot of, you know, graphic design and like making sure everything's in place for all of our conferences. I've been doing a lot of PHP programming for the Philly Emerging Technologies for the Enterprise website. That's Chariot's like super deeply technical developer conference. And it's basically just, you know, writing the schedule, making sure that um, the sessions and the speakers show properly, like the algorithms behind that. Um, so this is my first chance I've really had to work with PHP, doing, you know, writing JSON, custom controllers for the JSON API for WordPress to make sure the, the conference website can talk to the mobile application. It's really just a smattering. I know I just threw a lot of things at you, but I just have a lot of different things on my plate. I try to say yes to as much as possible because that's where you learn. Yeah, great. So you're okay. So Chariot, Tech Girls, and are you doing any other kind of like freelance work outside of that? Yeah, yeah, I am actually. Um, so I have been working with a guy at Chariot who is has a new little startup idea doing like WordPress stuff for him. I actually have a client who doesn't know websites at all. I mean, he does auto glass and repairs. Um, he's just like, I need someone to make a website for me and, you know, make me exist on the internet, basically, which is refreshing because I'm so used to working around techie people with all the jargon and this and that. But this guy is just like, look, it just need a website built. So I'm working with him right now to get his website off the ground. And the Tech Girls redesign actually is, is a paying um, gig. Oh, so nice. that's great, too. Yeah. So, and I know people listening are, are maybe thinking this, uh, where do you, do you find these freelance jobs? Like what has been the way that you've been getting them? Word of mouth entirely. If you make good connections while you're at work or you're volunteering and just let them know a little bit about, you know, what it is you're working on or what it is you're interested in. It's been straight word of mouth for me. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I could I could tell just from you talking, sounds like a lot of the projects you're doing, they all kind of stemmed from one to the next, from one to the next. So it's really been uh, like relationship building and the people you've met along the way, which is really cool. And I think that's something that can really work for for anyone is, you know, the word of mouth, getting referrals type of type of way to generate freelance projects. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to dive in a little more to your time volunteering at Tech Girls because I tell people all the time that a great way to build experience uh, like for your portfolio or your LinkedIn or your resume or what have you is by volunteering because you're, you know, you're giving back and you can also build skills while you're doing so. So I just want to hear kind of like how has your time volunteering at Tech Girls impacted your life? 
So, I mean, obviously it's, it's given me a chance to sort of explore different areas that I might be interested in. Like, like graphic design. I didn't realize I would like it until we needed some graphics made for tech girls and I raised my hand for it. Not only do you build skills when you volunteer, like you said, but you also build relationships. I mean, I, I, Tracy is, you know, the founder of tech girls is still huge to me. Like she's huge in my life. Um, and all of the people that I work with there, I probably, the whole tech circle that I know has stemmed from relationships that I've made working at Tech Girls. Um, I'm not a networking person. The word networking really freaks me out and like makes me sick to my stomach. And I'm sure there are introverts out there listening who can totally understand. I don't like being in a room with a bunch of people and making small talk and handshaking and swapping business cards. It just makes my skin crawl a little bit. But um, I think one way that you can network without having it feel like scary networking is by volunteering. It gives you something to do. It gives you a task at hand that you need to complete. And then you form those relationships relationships with people as you complete those tasks together. And volunteering has been a great way for me to expand my circle. And I hope other people consider doing that too. Yeah, definitely. I love what you said about um, it's a way to get out there and meet people, but you're not like in a room at happy hour, like kind of like forced interactions, or sometimes it maybe feels that way. Uh, Yeah, I, I really am not a huge fan of networking events either. And whenever you know, I would look for them. I think volunteering is great or going to ones that have some kind of like purpose. Like maybe it's a workshop or something. Actually, mm-hmm. girl, girl Develop is a great example. I would love to go to the, or I love to go to the Girl Develop at workshops where you actually learn something and, you know, you're building and it's not just in a room or a bar uh, networking and, and whatnot. But exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's great advice for people who are a bit more introverted. Out of curiosity, your time volunteering at Tech Girls, is a lot of it online or virtual? Or do you guys like meet often in person? Or how does that kind of work? Um, there's no set schedule when we meet. We do like to meet in person once in a while. Like there are some things that you just can't figure out with emails. I'm, I'm sure you know when you reach the limit and you're like, okay, we got to sit down and look at this together. Um, I would say that probably happens around once a month or so that I get to see the team, but most of it's virtual. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. And that allows you, I mean, it, it can be so flexible then if you can do it virtually, you can really do it from anywhere and Uh, give back on your own time, which is nice. So in the beginning, you mentioned how you're now more interested in web design Mm -hmm. uh, rather than like web development or software engineering. So when did that realization kind of happen? Was that more recent or a few years ago? Yeah, it was more recent. Um, I I have actually always loved art in particular and been really good at it, I guess. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here at all, but, um, I, it was something in high school that, you know, I, I wanted to take all the art classes, but my guidance counselors were sort of like, you know, you have to take your AP classes and make sure that you get into good colleges and you don't have time to do art. Like, what are you going to do with that? You know? And I, I sort of wish that they hadn't, you know, talked me out of it the way that they had Granted, I do understand the only person that stifles creativity is yourself. So there, there was no reason for me to just, you know, be griping about that still when I was 20. I was like, I love art. I want to make it a part of my life. And I really like a good website. Like when you stumble across one, you're just like, whoa, <laughs> this is this feels good to use. It feels good to look at. 
Um, and it was, it really started with the tech girl site. Like I said, there was that pain point of this old website just isn't doing it for us. So I was like, you know what, like this is, this is a good way for me to marry art and technology in my life is, is making websites look good. So I was like, Tracy, you know, can I take this opportunity? And I took it. And I, like I said, the hours just started to fly. I was like, wow, I, I mean, they do when I'm, when I'm writing JavaScript and they do when I'm writing PHP, but not in that, that fun sense. Um, I, I, there's just something that's right about design for me, I think personally. Yeah, I know. It's like you lose track of time and it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I know, I know that feeling. It can be, it can be really um, awesome. So, okay. So when you're designing this new website, are you just designing it or are you also kind of building it as well? So are you doing like both ends of the, of the spectrum? Both of them. Actually, you know what? I, I still get lost in the terminology, like the difference between web design and web development. Um, so I, I'm designing the site and I'm also implementing it using HTML and CSS and PHP. So I, I guess would that would you count that as web development? I yeah, yeah, I guess. No, I know the, the terminology it can be a little confusing, especially with like web design versus graphic design versus design. I feel like they really kind of uh, blur together even nowadays. <laughs> yeah. But there's definitely some designers, you know, who don't really get on the web. Like they will just stick to maybe the Adobe programs and more like illustrators or something versus the people who bring the designs to the website, especially if you're coding like, you know, with CSS and HTML. But I guess you could say you're, you're like a full stack developer, right? You're doing both ends. You're doing the you're implementing and you're designing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, and that's great. And that's, I mean, that's obviously, you know, awesome skills to have, but in the future, you're, you're thinking just of sticking a bit more to the design route rather than the uh, implementation. Actually, no, I, I think, I think I like the implementation a whole lot too. Um, I would like to get better at graphic design. I would like to start taking some girl develop it stuff around, you know, Adobe and everything. But, um, I, I like both of them equally, I would say. And I would like to continue down that route. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So that's great that you discovered that, that you like both sides of it. And you're having the chance to build this website, especially a website that a lot of people are going to see because it's not like, I mean, and not to say that building a small little website for a friend is not a good thing. That's a great way to get experience. But building one for an organization like Tech Girls is a great mm-hmm. thing to have on your you know, portfolio or, or what have you. Yeah, and I also want to say just to anyone listening that the best thing you can do is to take on a clients or a site that will be extra visible because it really kicks you in the butt to try your hardest. <laughs> and if you can't figure it out, then you learn. It is trial by fire, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure you felt that way like early on when you were getting into some of these internships. Like maybe you didn't understand everything that was going on, but it really motivated you to figure out what was going on. So you were able to stay there. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I heard this great quote the other day, actually. It goes like, the feeling that I don't know what I'm doing will never go away. What you end up learning is the I can do it part or I can figure it out part, you know? Yeah, that's that's great. I yeah, again, I was just saying before we started recording with podcasting, I there's a lot I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm kind of, you know, going to figure it out, cross the bridge when we get there for any of the difficult parts and just keep trucking along with it. And I think same goes with, you know, coding. A lot of times your first jobs, your first websites, you're not going to know what's going on, but you can figure it out as you move along. 
Exactly. And then, and then all of a sudden, a year later, you look back and you're like, look at all these things I know now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like totally, maybe not 100% makes sense, but maybe you'll be at like the 75 or 80 or even 90% percent mark. But and I feel like with technology, it's just the nature is that things are always changing and there's always new things to learn, you know? Right. Yeah. So you're not going to be the only one that's like your head is spinning, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's that's the feeling that you have to get used to if you're in technology is being unsure and feeling unsteady. It's just like I said, it's, it's learning that feeling that you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's great advice and great for people to keep in mind, especially beginners, because, you know, everyone feels that way and things change all the time. And yeah, it's just the nature. So, okay, last question if a person has no technical experience whatsoever, but they want to get a job in tech, what is one thing they can do today to take a step in the right direction? I'm going to say make a goal. That's it. You don't have to build. You don't have to you know, take a code, a code academy class or anything. You just need to make a goal. And I think that's the best first step, whether it's you know, like you said, building a website for your friend, or you just need to plan on what that thing is that you're going to do. And I say thing as in project. Um, I, I've had a lot of success and I have a lot of fun with, you know, Code Academy and everything like that. But I think when people have this conversation about getting interested in coding or learning to code, it's almost as if they treat it like a checklist. Like, first things first, I want to learn Ruby on Rails. So you learn Ruby on Rails, and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to try and figure out databases. So you figure out databases. And it's good. You get to see these different technologies, but there's something about working on a project and seeing how they all fit together um, that in a, in a nonlinear way, just how it all kind of, you know, smushes together that I think the real learning starts to happen. So if you say yes to, you know, a client project or a friend's website or something, you begin to see where the Ruby on Rails comes in or where you're going to have to deal with, you know, if you choose a WordPress site, what the WordPress weirdness is, or maybe like there's going to be a part of the project or a feature that your friend needs you to implement that requires you to dig into the database. Um, I think that people need to stop thinking about learning to code as something that's linear and just start getting their hands dirty with projects. So I would say make a goal to work on a project. That's the first step that you can take. Awesome advice. Thanks so much, Becca. Uh, So where can people find you online? Um, You can mostly find me on Twitter. Um, I'm at Bex Refford. That's B-E-X-R-E-F as in Frank, F as in Frank, O-R-D. All right. Thanks so much. And for all the listeners, we'll definitely have uh, links to anything mentioned today in the show notes, as well as where you can find Becca online. Thank you so much again, Becca. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Becca absolutely blows me away. She has so much wisdom for such a young age. You can get the show notes to this episode at learntocodewith.me forward slash nine. In this episode, we talked a lot about the different ways you can get opportunities when you're getting started in tech. Aside from putting yourself out there in person, you also need to put yourself out there online. One of the best ways to do this is through a personal website that shares who you are and what you do, or as I like to call it, a portfolio. To help you get started on your portfolio, I created a free course just for you. 
You can sign up for it at learntocodewith.me forward slash free course. Inside this portfolio course, I'll show you what makes a great portfolio site, what to include on your site, even if you feel like you have no real work to show, and more. Again, you can sign up for it at learntocodewith.me forward slash free course. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and we'll see you next time on the Learn to Code with Me podcast. Thank you.